Good morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for September 24th, 2017. Koyo Kubose here, so very, very glad you're able to join us on this nice fall morning. Nice crisp weather, bracing weather. Sometimes you get up in the morning, go outside. Yesterday, um, our next-door neighbor dropped by for a visit. And uh, we were sitting in the back patio. Um, She happened to mention, uh, we're sort of just catching up, and she has a a home remodeling project of, she didn't like the fluorescent lighting in her kitchen. And so she's having it replaced uh, by recessed lighting in the ceiling. And she said, oh, much better, very bright and everything. And then she, then she said, yeah, but now I could see all the fingerprints and all the, <laughs> you know, smudges on the refrigerator and the kitchen cabinets. I was thinking to myself, yeah, trade-offs, you know, uh, and that kind of thing. That's how life is, <laughs> you know. We were sitting there, and I, uh, she likes wine. And, in fact, her sister is a winemaker in um, Paso Robles. And um, so I broke open this, <laughs> broke open. I uncorked um, a bottle of wine that was a gift to us. It was called Samsara. And uh, the three of us, my neighbor and myself and Adrian, we all agreed, oh, it was very good, very good. <laughs> and I mention this because, as you will hear in our next Dharma Glimpse, um, about a little bit, includes a little bit about wine, because <clears throat> that bottle of wine was given to us by William Toyo, who's going to give us a Dharma Glimpse. He lives in Southern California, and he was part of uh, our LM6 group. So, without further ado, William Toyo, you're on. Good morning, everyone, and uh, a wonderful Sunday uh, for everyone. I would like to start out uh, saying that my heart and thoughts go out to everyone who has been affected by the hurricanes and the earthquake just recently in Mexico by the increasing climate change and global warming that uh, we are going through and seems to be increasingly uh, affecting um, the way we live and uh, and probably everything, uh, all as- aspects of our life. And uh, hopefully um, we can do everything to help reverse that and um, convince uh, other People who are in denial of it to do the same. So I wish everyone, I have um, a lot of friends that were affected by this, both uh, here in the States and in the Caribbean, uh, where I used to live uh, many years ago. So I'm used to uh, those uh, terrible uh, tropical storms that uh, can happen. So uh, I hope that everyone... uh, gets everything need they need for a uh, safe recovery and uh everything goes uh well 
today, um, this has been on my mind for uh, quite a while. I don't know why, but I, pretty much because I kind of work in this type of industry. But it's the six senses, and uh, we see this mentioned quite often uh, in texts and uh, sutras that we read uh, in Buddhism. Most of my adult life, I relied on my senses as a chef and uh, working in the food industry and the wine industry and now in the olive oil industry. Uh, my mother, being a great cook and having a degree in food science, made an impression on me at a pretty young age. Um, I'd always hang out in the kitchen and be literally hanging onto her apron at the ripe old age of probably around six, could be been even earlier. Um, but she would encourage me, I, I remember even at that early age, to taste and smell everything being prepared. She'd have this big wooden spoon and she'd kind of blow on it and stick it into my mouth and say, taste this, taste this. And But not only do that, um, as I was getting older, she'd really make a point to not only concentrate on the smell and the taste, but also be mindful of the sensations. And Buddhism, um, you sometimes hear the term the six doors of the senses. The six sense spaces are called sense doors. Sense doors. The term door is used for all six sense spaces. Literally, it is translated into door. Eye is a sense door. Ear is a sense door. Nose is a sense door. Tongue is a sense door. Body is a sense door. The mind is a sense door. So what I know now is the importance of how and when to close these doors in order not to become attached and not to, uh, uh, to crave or become dependent. So that's why you need to really close these doors and learn how to do this. You must close all six doors with mindfulness, which is the sixth door. In most Buddhist traditions, this is very important training with monks uh, that will uh, endure in their um, pretty strict training in the monasteries. The Buddha said, whatever you see must be noted or mindful of as it is. Whatever you hear must be mindful or noted. Whatever you smell must be observed. Whatever you taste must be aware of. Whatever you touch must be noted. Whatever you think about must be watched as it is. If you open the door and let all these mental defilements that are waiting, that's sitting out there outside that door come to mind, then sorrow, worry, anxiety, stress, anguish, a lot of suffering coming into your mind through these six doors. Most of the time we're not even aware of this happening. This is a very this is very similar to what we do in practicing mindful meditation. Thoughts come in, then we throw them out. This is very important because I use my sense of smell and taste and mindfulness every day. It is part of my job, and I teach others on sensory evaluation. While in the wine industry, I was once persuaded to enter the California Wine Tasting Championships. Since I worked in the industry, I had to register in the professional division. I think there's 150, 200 uh, people in that uh, division that were tasting that day. It was way up in Mendocino County, right off the coast at a winery. 
You were required to blind taste four whites and four reds, and you had to determine the varietal, the appellation, the vintage, and then as a bonus, if you could identify the producer, then you would get extra points. Well, to my surprise, I won. Thanks for listening to my mom six years ago and mindfulness and having tasted and evaluated a lot of wine, I give credit for. We can distinguish only five different tastes, bitter, sweet, unami, which is savory, sour, and salty. There are five different types of taste receptors, one type for each five of the tastes. Signals from the tongue travel through the brain stem and are processed in several regions in the brain. Our brains incorporate smell, texture, taste, and other information to create our experience of flavor. When I was at UC Davis, there was a previous estimate of about, I think, 35,000 cents. Uh, I really never heard that many before. Mostly uh, they were saying about 10,000 was all that the human body could uh, detect. Of course, we know none of us can detect that many cents, but that's how many that have been discovered that could be discovered. A new study just came out that states that a human nose has roughly 400 types of receptors that can detect at least one trillion different odors. Yes, one trillion. That's mind-blowing. What the nose knows might as well be limitless. In Buddhism, in Buddhism, we find the six senses discussed in many texts and sutras. The Heart Sutra and the Twelve Links of Dependent arising, the Four Noble Truths, come to mind. Also in the sutras, we learn that everything is found within 18 realms of elements composed of the six sense organs, the six sense objects, the six sense consciousness, Eight realms of elements goes as eyes, form, sight, eye consciousness, ears, sound, hearing, ear consciousness, nose, smell, olfaction, nose consciousness, tongue, taste, tastings, tongue consciousness, body, touch, touching consciousness, mind, object of mind, and mind consciousness. Not one of these realms can exist by itself. These can only interbe with every other realm. You need to master your senses, what you taste and smell, what you hear, what you see. In all things, be a master of what you do and say and think and be free, quieting your body, quieting your mind. By your own efforts, awaken your senses, make them your own. They will always sustain you. Watch yourself and live joyfully. I recently had an experience that led me to this discussion. In the 18th realm, there is nothing that is is permanent. Eyes are impermanent and always in the process of changing. A few weeks ago, I started waking up and seeing two large black shadows obscuring my vision. And everything around me had an orange tint. I'd wake up, I'd look over, see these two big shadows in front of my straight ahead, I'd look over to my two beautiful white dogs. They'd be orange. Everything had an orange tint. You look out the window. Trees were orange. The grass was orange. I called these the two hungry ghosts. 
And these two hunger ghosts would hang around for about 35 to 40 minutes, and then my sight would gradually turn to semi-normal. Unfortunately, this happened on a Friday, and my doctor's office was closed. The weekend and the Monday uh, was a holiday, so I called my doctor on Tuesday. He said, come right in. So I rushed down, which fortunately is only about three blocks from my house. When I told him uh, what was happening, he sent me straight down to see the orthomologist. The specialist examined me, and I could see the puzzlement in his face that maybe this was the first time he'd seen this or heard of this. After a long pause, I heard the one word I did not expect or want to hear. He said, I am leaning toward macula. Why would anyone do that? He might as well have said, you might be going blind. Why not say I need to run some more tests? So I'm thinking to myself the saying, believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you see. And you must not take anything to be true that is told to you. So now I am waiting for approval for optical coherence tomography test. Uh, so the jury is still out there. But actually yesterday I just got um, results from the test and they have seen some abnormality behind the retina. So he's now sending me to a retina specialist, which I'll see next week. And so um, we'll see what happens after that. But here's some good news. I went home and started some deep mindful meditation. I rested up. The next morning, the hungry ghosts were gone, at least for now. Anyway, I have two seeing-eye dogs, Bijou and Dante. Eighty percent of my dharma comes from just watching them each day. They are my Zen masters, which made me come up with this thought. Sight, smell, taste, touch, and hearing. What if you woke up one day and you could no longer see, hear, taste, touch, or smell anything? How would you react? Most of us probably be in denial. We wouldn't even know how to react. We take many things for granted, and our senses are some of them. What if you had to do without one? Which one would it be? For me, I would choose to give up the sense of taste. I love food, but going back to what I was explaining about taste and smell, we know that more than 80% of what we think of as taste is really smell. When you eat something, smell travels through a passage at the back of your throat called the retro-nasal passageway to the olfactory bulb in your nose. So now I can start concentrating on those one trillion odors out there to be found. What's really interesting is that if we choose one or more of these five senses, if we lose them, others are compensated by what's called a superpower effect. When the brain is deprived of input in one or more of the sensory modalities, it is capable of reorganizing itself to support and augment other senses. This is known as a superhero effect. So it's something to keep in mind and uh, we definitely need to concentrate on our senses and be aware of them and be mindful of them. So I'm going to leave you with a poem that I believe is via Chinese point. I, I do not remember the name. But I keep this tucked away in Reverend Gomez's comment, a commentary on the Heart Sutra, which I carry with me all, my, all the time. 
it's in my backpack or, or in the car where I'm going. Uh, I read it pretty much every day. I could have just read you this poem for my Dharma glimpse because it would have explained much of what I just said on the five senses and mindfulness. It's something that you could use uh, daily as a meditation chant also. So here it is. The five colors blind the eye. The five tones deafen the ear. The five flavors dull the taste. Racing and hunting, maddening the mind. Pressure things lead one astray. Therefore, the wise person is guided by what she knows and not by what she sees. She lets go of that and chooses this. So be it. Thank you very much. And again, have a wonderful Sunday. And until next time, William Toyo Holland. Bye. Thank you very much. You know, I was thinking um, since Bill had sent a copy of his talk and it reminded me of um, an essay written by my father called Foreign Gates. So I I went and I looked in everyday suchness. It wasn't in there. So then it had to be in center within. And so there it was on page 67. It's titled Foreign Gates. And I was reminded of this when Bill was talking about doors, the sensory doors. Um, and I thought that uh, <clears throat> this essay was, it was uh, you know, had a lot of teachings in it. So I just want to read this. It's a short essay. Foreign gates. There is an old saying, anything that comes from the gates is foreign. Coming from the gates refers to things that enter through the eyes, ears, and other senses. Whatever comes from outside of oneself is foreign. You should not obey foreign commands. Every action, every word should come from deep within, not from external sensory stimulation. This is an important thing in Buddhism. Instead of moving according to external influences, you must always listen to the deep inner voice and follow that voice. It is true that our daily lives are influenced and oftentimes controlled by external things. For example, we often say, I have to do such and such, or I did that because he told me to. Instead, our actions should reflect an attitude of, I want to do such and such. More than that, there should be a feeling of, I can't help but do it. My life force commands me to do it. We often react to our environment with anger. Anger is usually a reaction to the words and deeds of others. When we are upset, we lose our center of life. We feel this pressure. This is one of the general characteristics of modern life. And we're usually upset and experience so much commotion because of our environment. Buddha always taught, never mind your environment. Never mind what others say. Just settle down deeply, firmly in your own inner life. All your actions and all your feelings must come from within. Don't rebel against what comes to you. 
when you feel nervous, pressured, and start to complain about things, this is because you're moved by external things. Look into yourself. The way of Buddhism is an absolute, subjective-based way of life. When you live according to your inner voice, you will not become a victim of the environment. You live your own life. That is the very reason it is said, all things that come from the gates are foreign. You should not follow foreigners. You have to be the master of your own self. <laughs> very good, very good. I want to end my comments because when Bill Toyo was talking about which sense would you want to uh, give up, you know, and so forth. It reminded me of a science fiction short story I read a long time ago, but I got such a kick out of it. Uh, kind of humorous story. So I'll, I'll give you a synopsis of it. There was a man who fell off a ladder and he hit his head and uh, he woke up in the hospital. His head was all bandaged. And this is a science fiction story, okay? And his 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 senses got reversed, opposite. That meant that he said, why is it so dark in here? And it was bright sun, sunshine. He says, how come I'm, my head's resting on a rock? He goes, but it was a soft pillow, okay? Uh, all his senses were, were reversed, okay? And he, he got some coffee, and he got some sugar in it, and he goes, hey, how come this is salty? And he says, I'm going crazy. Everything, you know, is the opposite of what it used to be. And I'm going crazy. This is science fiction. And then the doctor said, well, there's nothing we can do, except there is a kind of experimental new brain surgery that they're researching, uh, but we don't know exactly what will happen. He said, the, the man said, no, no, do it, do it. I, I can't stand this. <laughs> this opposite stuff, sensory things. And so they said, okay. So they operated on him. And then he, re in the recovery room, he woke up and he said, what's that purple sound I smell? I, I, I know it's a groaner. <laughs> That's all for today's <laughs> broadcast. And until next time, keep going. And you have a beautiful day. Thank you.